Welcome to the Ramon Foster Show, brought to you as always by our friends at the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where they are serving hot, fresh, made-to-order food 24-7. Hi, Moan. Hey, DK. Back from the shadows. <laughs> Feeling great, Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh, I have indeed. no I have no complaints whatsoever. In fact, I'm pumped up for a whole bunch of things this week, yeah. not least of which is that Steelers OTAs start tomorrow on the south side. I know that Steelers and OTAs is the kind of thing that for <laughs> players is kind of like cringy and whatever. But at the same time, man, for those of us who are observing the team, and yeah. with everything that's going on right now and mm-hmm. quarterbacks, 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 it can't be any more exciting, can it? No, it, it can't, man. It's a lot of questions. It's a lot of storylines surrounding this one. And like you said, you you got the marquee position. We're not talking about center. No, we're not talking about an outside linebacker that they always get on the Steelers defense. We're talking about the quarterback position over 20 years or at 20 years that we've never had to discuss this DK. It's crazy. It's crazy. It feels so weird. And and can I say this too? And a lot of people won't agree with what I'm going to say, but as far as overall pedigree and competition of it all, all very solid, all NFL quarterbacks. I know Mitch has had the roundabout. No Mason's had his opportunity but they'll all be on an NFL roster is what I'm saying. And not just that, that can play and have played except for Kenny. Well, let's get to that because I, I know that there's a, there's a feeling that Mitch Trubisky is going to be like kind of the default guy. Do you know what I mean? Like there has to be a default. You know, you don't ever enter any competition at any position without presuming, okay, this it's not, it's not totally 50, 50, right? Yeah, right, right. It's not. Um, With that, and that's the good part about OTAs, although we shouldn't read into all of it, but the answers as far as what we don't know, we will will see on the NFL level. We know at Pitt, Kenny Pickett was a guy that was able to thread the needle so much so that he and his wide receiver, who's now at USC, um, had a phenomenal season. Had the best wide receiver in all of college football, according to the award. Am I correct on that? Yes. Yeah, Blitnikoff, yep. The Jordan Addison. Yep. He's 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 gotten that. And Kenny went number, he went he was a first round draft pick, a, a, a Heisman finalist, all of those things. Kenny has done a lot of those things, but has he done it on the NFL level? No. We'll figure out at least as far as OTAs goes, is he able to make those passes that he was doing in college? And this is the other side of it, too. How frustrated will he get? If that defense, which is always good in OTAs, because it's easier to install a defense than it is an offense in springtime ball. And you got some veteran guys on the back back end of this thing. And I'll say this, too, as far as the, 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 the defensive coordinator, he's not going to take it easy. If you get an opportunity to get the franchise quarterback, you knock them down early. So Kenny Pickett is going to have his foot to the flames very soon in OTAs. Okay, well, hang on a second. Just to clarify, because I know what you mean, but everybody else might not. You're not knocking down quarterbacks in OTAs. So that's not what Ramon means. (laughs) He he means knocking them down mentally. Mentally. Yeah, and when when he's talking about the defense, he's talking about guys – are are free to perform aggressively in coverage, which they yes. are. Uh, the best battles, arguably the only battles that take place on an OTA field 
are between wide receivers and the people covering them. And as a result, the quarterback feels a little bit more pressure to maybe really, really thread that needle or to Mm -hmm. just put the right timing and touch on that deep ball especially the deep ball though am i right ramon yes and and i'll say this it's the other side of so going across the middle making those passes across the middle well they'll drop an athletic defensive lineman where you'll have tj in coverage where you'll have a guy like alex high smith that's able to get in and cover your tight end on his side of the field so the, the the complex side of defense this is what i'm saying as far as being able to knock kenny down is it when he gets his reps. And again, it's no harm, no foul at this time of the year, but you are going to get dogged when it comes down to, hey, let's light him up today, y'all. And you know who's uh, who's number one suspect as far as trying to light Kenny Pickett up? Uh, coach Tomlin. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> the head coach loves to see it. He loves to see the guy get frustrated because if you can do well against this stiller defense, which has been top 10, top five for the last 10 years or more, then you got something. You're not going to see more from other teams than you're going to see from your own defense. So if I can break you down to build you up in-house, then you've seen it done, DK. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, Realistically, though, there isn't that much. I know one of the things that happens, like and for tomorrow's show, like I'm going to OTAs tomorrow when they open, and yeah. I'll come straight here and do the show with you here so we'll have fresh information and we'll have this and that. And what we what we won't have is, at least not a lot of it is who looked good out there. <laughs> Am I right? No, we won't do that because I've seen guys, uh, and that could be that, that, that. We'll discuss that tomorrow somewhat on uh, on here. The guys that look all world in the springtime and don't show up in camp. That's a guy that I'm not a fan of. Okay, um, but to to Kenny though, Kenny Pickett, him being the one is the, the big magnifying glasses on. Um, the other side of what he's going to realize, two guys are just athletically faster. TJ running you down is a kid is from Duke. Everything you know is faster. Everything it's, is. And, it's, and, uh, people who compare college football to the NFL, like it, casually, like, oh, yeah, but he did this and this in college. It doesn't matter. Now, it now doesn't. hit it on fast forward. Yeah. And, and that's what he's going to have to deal with, too. Some of that escapability that he's displayed while at Pitt. And it looked really good, and it will help him when he figure out how to use it. But that's going to be a part to where, uh, and you say, you know, there's no real battles, but it does get lightly physical against the offensive line and defensive line. When he gets flushed out of the pocket and he's trying to break to the sideline and he's got an outside linebacker just as fat, no, faster than he is, we're going to see what his pressure is like, him being able to throw under pressure, or does he just tuck it to the sideline and run? And that in itself is a health risk also, DK. Well, what I'm most interested in seeing, not just from Kenny Pickett, but from all of the quarterbacks, is how they handle, but especially Pickett because he's coming in from college, the difference between a receiver being college open and NFL open. And you know what I'm talking about because you Mm -hmm. have to develop that trust with your wide receiver that, look, even if he's only this much open, if he's a really good receiver – He's going to find a way to make a play on that football if you put it in a certain spot, but you have to develop that trust Mm -hmm. as a quarterback, not just in that receiver, but also in yourself to let that football go. And and DK, this is before they even kick off tomorrow. This is a very unique situation that these three guys are going into these quarterbacks because you, you got Mitch who was signed and it was national news when he got signed. You got Mason Rudolph, who's a vet 
who's also on a second deal already also. And now you got the first round draft pick and Kenny Pickett. The rep distribution isn't like you're talking to a known backup. Mason has aspirations to be a starter or to be a guy you can count on in his league. Mr. Trubisky's on the second go around, third go around, technically, as far as trying to be a starter in his league. And then you got the young Thundercat and Kenny Pickett. The rep distribution, I know we won't make a big fuss about it, but can you imagine the look on oh, Mason's I will. face? I will. <laughs> when he's off to the side and he's only getting the two reps? I, I will make a very big deal of this for my own. So I can, it can go, the, the reps in OTAs can go five, three, two. Uh-huh. Can you they, imagine what, Mason getting two? What they won't be is four, four, four. Take that to the bank. When we come back, let's talk specifically about Mitch Trubisky. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. Mitch Trubisky as default starter. What is your default position on this, Moan? I think it's appropriate. Why is that? Because he's the steady Eddie of the three, I think. Um, Higher draft pick than neither one of them. Most experience if i'm not mistaken as far as this league goes and um, by far by far by far so so it it makes sense to put him ahead of and i think his maturity moving forward since being released and now he's you know went to the bills and saw what winning looked like he got a sense of stability in buffalo and i think just the appreciation of being in pittsburgh now it makes sense to put him there Uh, and also you don't want a rookie following Ben's footsteps, me personally. Can Kenny Pickett be a day one starter? He could, but I'd rather ease him into that, DK, just being completely honest. So to me, it makes sense for Mr. Trubisky to be QB1 at the start of the regular season going into also, and I know we spoke about this, going into Cincinnati on the road. Like You need to ingest that before diving in at that position. Yeah, I, I really feel like the beginning of the season – to what you're saying is going to be the determining factor here. Yeah. Uh, This head coach isn't exactly gifted with the temperament to say, let's just see how it goes in the first few games. Mm -hmm. All he's thinking about is what you just mentioned, which is going into Paul Brown Stadium. Okay. And he's going to take the quarterback that gives him the best chance to win in Paul Brown Stadium. Anybody who thinks the Steelers can ever adopt this pure rebuilding mindset is out of their minds. Okay. It's (laughs) just, it's just, it's not going to happen. Okay. So you're going to see him take, I believe Mitch Trubisky in that setting, but I think there's something else here too, Moan. Mitch is 27 years old. Yeah. And it's not like he's topped out either. No. So why would you bury him before you've ever even had a chance to see him when you can just conveniently kind of place the other guy as a little bit of a a holding pattern? Yeah, no doubt. You got a guy in Russell Wilson just to, you know, uh, drive off the path a little bit and say he feel like he can play for another 10 years. And he's 32. We we got a guy in Mr. Biscuit is 27. Technically, he's just getting started as far as an NFL quarterback goes. And, and like you said, the, the hostility of what these first four weeks of the season is going to be. Cincinnati's defense is pretty good last year. At New England, you know they can't wait to pick apart a young guy. At Cleveland, they just sound Jadavian Clowney over this past weekend. And then you got the Jets, and they have a really good defensive line too. And then at Buffalo, that makes no sense at all to put a young quarterback out there in which you can ruin him. You mess around and you have yourself a Trevor Lawrence. 
You know, like as far as putting. Oh, Kenny did you Pickett just bury there. Trevor Lawrence? Did you just bury him after one year in Jacksonville? Did you I'm, just do that? I'm not burying him. Sounded I, I, like what it. I'm saying is he has some struggles. And trying to figure out the NFL, trying to figure out, and I'll say this: I think Trevor Lawrence, if they manage him right, is going to be damn good. Mm-hmm, he but will. can Jacksonville turn the page? Yeah, that's you, a that's a harder question to answer. <laughs> that's just like Jeopardy final question, right there. Okay, um, but but you don't want a young guy getting shell shocked too soon, i.e., uh, Justin Fields. Like you find yourself finally in a backup role and we're speaking about Justin Fields and here we are looking at Mr. Bisky that went through the same exact thing in Chicago. You don't want that. And then you have to reset. I think it's best to curate Kenny Pickett as much as they can moving forward. Put him in some bad situations in practice. Force the defense to get on his head. Force, honestly, guys like Mr. Trubisky and Mason Rudolph to not bully him, but just a hey, young guy. You need to catch up really fast. You know, like, that's where I'm at with him. I don't want to see him in the first four or five weeks of the season if it comes down to him, you know, being on the whim of starting. It's not necessary. Here's the thing. They can't keep this a secret. Like, they're going to know. They're going to show you what it is that they're thinking as it relates to the quarterback because of the rep counts. There's just no way to evenly split reps in a football practice session Unless you do weird things, and I just yep. don't know that it's worth it because what's the point in the in, in in secrecy or subterfuge here either? You know what I mean? And this is the thing, too, as far as the rep count goes. If he's not getting the most reps, then how is he going to get prepared? Well, he's that's guilty. yeah, that's the other part. Your priority, like we just yeah. said, is winning in Paul Brown Stadium and, yep. and beating the Patriots and, and beating the Bills. You've got to have reps to do that and you've got to have first team reps to do that yep and and that's that's the point of it all is is watching this unfold man i'm wishing the best for whoever wins it i do think it's between right now mason and 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 mitch as far as qb1 goes um and, and kenny you hope this you, you never count follows. mason out you never count i never mason do out. man and Why i'll say this that? it's just because you like him no it ain't even the like aspect of it i like his drive to win he okay. has that he, he legitimately has, has a drive to win. He didn't walk into there saying, I've seen numerous guys walk in as a fourth rounder, third rounder, later round quarterback, and say, backup, backup. Now, the way Mason has carried himself from day one, from my locker being two away from his, the conversations that we'd have, the way he approached his his notebook, the way he approached practice time, the way he approached trying to get his technique right as far as throwing, the way he approached scouting team when he had to run scout team was just different. He's not trying to be a backup guy. And because of that, I'll never count him out. Now, will he end up being one? Possibly. But that's not his end goal. If you give him the keys to the car, he's going to take off and he's only driving 93 premium, okay? Okay. Like, that's what he is. So I'm I'm not going to count him out. And I'll say this. He's probably doing all of that to simply probably get traded away at some point. Whatever it takes, man. You know, if the, if the ambition is to be an NFL starting quarterback sometimes, especially at that position, you do have to angle for a way out. And, you know, he's going to have, put it this way, when he gets to preseason, yeah, he's going to have a lot of snaps. You're going to see him. Yeah, yeah. I'll start him in Seattle. I'd start him in Charlotte. Oh boy! Here With the we Panthers, go. 
That's is, where I'm at. I take him over taking Carson Wentz. What about Cleveland? Cleveland. Well, they got Deshaun. I don't. I no, don't. No. 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 The helmet. Helmet <laughs> gate. We can't do that one. <laughs> Not in Cleveland. Um, but there are some teams that got some less than guys. I put them in front of Zach Wilson in New York right now. There we go. See, Mason's going to find work. It just might not be here in Pittsburgh. When we come back, it's the Hey Moan segment. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. It's time for our Hey Moan segment. And today's comes from Sheldon Holsoppel, who asks, Hey Moan, pregame ritual or meal? Something that you would do habitually before a game. Now, I'm, I'm going to add into that. Was it different whether it was a night game or a day game? Ah, yeah. Pre-game ritual. Mine it always did, no matter what, was uh, I put right on at first. Like right sock, right pant leg, right shoulder, uh, shoulder pads. <laughs> it was always that, man. Um, always when my mom passed, I always taped up and I wrote, you know, her death date and RP mom on all of my gloves. Some people have gotten my gloves, too, by the way. I don't know how they got them, but I've uh, I've seen it. On the way to tell them they're mine, as you'll see me, I've written something on my gloves. Um, another ritual, as far as food goes, breakfast. I was mostly eggs because of protein. Like, I get an omelet, some toast, or something like that is what I always did because eggs aren't super heavy. Get them in, get them out. I, would ne- I was never like a steak guy you know what i'm saying even though i remember being younger and watching i guess when the nfl first started doing like the behind the scenes and it was Deion sanders at his house when he was playing for the cowboys and he eat good feel good play good and whatever it was he was saying but he was eating like steak before the game and no way i could do that because it just holds on yeah, to you that's, man that's it it sticks to the ribs it does, but I needed something where I could just okay. I've eaten, I'm, 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 I'm fed well, but I don't need to be full, and that's just where I was. And um, another thing is, in every competition that I did was, um, anytime the game was about to start, I'd use the restroom like you're like maybe eight times before the game. I'm talking about just. Just go, 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 and I do the same thing now when I work out. Like I just gotta. I don't know what nervous tick this it is. is. Great. This is the content had, people come here for. <laughs> no, like, <laughs> but it wasn't just me. I'm telling you, stadium restrooms and locker rooms are, are very well, busy before the game. They're built well, okay? Because guys out of just always using the restroom <laughs> beforehand. It's got to be the nerves, DK. It has <laughs> to be. Well, at, at my pathetic little amateur level of uh, <laughs> of sports participation, I also was very, very active. In the restroom beforehand. And I think it's just, I mean, I think it's just that. It's just, it's nerves. It's nerves. You're you're all wound up. I'd like to know as as fans, do y'all use the restroom a lot, like before the kickoff of the game? Like the nerves of it? Like I'm talking about eight, 10 times before kickoff. I'm in the restroom. You know, I I think they're using them for different reasons because (laughs) they've been out on those parking lots for about six, seven hours, um, (laughs) twirling pigs and chugging brew. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> no like doubt. They, they have to take care of business before they get in there for kickoff and try to remember who the Steelers are playing. You know what I mean? <laughs> no but you, you said you're going to ask me uh, later games, later games. I try to be done eating and I'd have like a regular morning breakfast or something. I probably have a bigger breakfast, light lunch, and then I get something at the stadium. So I'd have, you know, like a bigger breakfast in the morning, 
might have a sandwich or so or something left over from the night before. Um, and then I get something light before kickoff was. And it'd be usually fluids, Gatorades, water, stuff like that, just to keep me going. The the uh the bars that we would have in the locker room, bananas, apples, like it'd be that before kickoff. You don't want to feel just like like you're about to throw up on the field before the first snap of the game, man. It's it's very finicky. On, on, you know, picking and choosing what you're going to eat, man. Um, what did Lawrence Timmons eat? Uh, you know why I'm asking. <laughs> probably <laughs> not. He ended, I suppose we all should know what <laughs> LT ate before games, right? Because no. he would put it all on display. <laughs> that heat used to get the LT, which is crazy because he's from South Carolina. Like, you've been in the heat your entire life. But you I remember was watching... Heat? You think it was heat? It was. I think he it, was just yeah. so stoked. <laughs> he was. He was out of there. Is what he was. Man. He could. He could send that vomit projectile. Projectile. Like it would. It, it would get a first down. Oh. Like what you need right behind LT is you needed like Chase Claypool going first down. <laughs> See the Chase Claypool. We're back at it. <laughs> it was often, um, we had a guy, I forget who it was every single game threw up before practice. Uh, I had to figure out who it was in a little bit. Cause we were laughing like every game is like, yeah, every game. I never did that though. Yeah. That's weird. That's but you know, weird. yeah, there's, there's a lot of athletes that do it. I know it NHL, is. NHL goaltenders vomit like crazy. Oh my God! Yeah, I wouldn't be able to put my mouthpiece in. Yeah, but then they have the mask, so at least oh, like screw that. Yeah, what a pleasant subject this has been. Not at all, by the way, what our man asked about. <laughs> we end up with LT's puke. I gave him. The, I gave it to him. That's all it was. All right, Moon. Let's do it again tomorrow when we have OTAs to talk about, as opposed to this stuff. I'm with it, man. Let's do it. All right.